I feel like each day as I wake up too, like my body changes. I don't know what my body's gonna do. You know, I need to rely on my personal care attendants to get me in and out the bed every day, helping me get dressed. Whereas I used to be able to do that without a problem before. Dr. Viv here and welcome again on Reset with Dr. Viv. Today I have got a very special guest, Keisha Greaves. And Keisha is an inspirational speaker and founder of Girls Chronically Clothing. She created Girls Chronically Clothing brand to help inspire and motivate others in the disability community. She has been featured on the Today Show newsletter, Good Morning America and ABC Chronicles. And I'm so happy to have Keisha in the house. But before we get to Keisha, guys, <laughs> if you're not already following me on YouTube, if you're not already subscribed to the YouTube channel or subscribe to the podcast, like, guys, what are you waiting for? Like, hit subscribe, hit subscribe, hit subscribe. Come on. And if you're not already connected with me on Instagram, on Facebook, on, on Twitter, or even LinkedIn, guys, I love connections. So please, 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 please reach out. All links are in description. Wow. Keisha, how are we doing? Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me on your show. It's not, <laughs> it's, the pleasure is all mine. You know, thank you for, you know, coming on and, you know, being happy to share your story, even to encourage others and inspire hope, even through what has been really a tough time for many people this period with yes. and all. Keisha, you have a very interesting story. Yes. You were diagnosed with mus muscular dystrophy. I hope I pronounced that properly. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you know, sometimes you know there are words that you're just like, mm, did I say that right? I right. You know. <laughs> yeah. I had a hard time saying it at first too when I was diagnosed. I was saying it all wrong. <laughs> I don't feel bad then. <laughs> You were, you were diagnosed with muscular dystrophy in your 20s. Yes. Tell me all about that and the impact it had on your life. Sure. So I was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy. It was around 2010 when I was actually receiving my master's in graduate um, school. So I, it wasn't even something I was born with. Um, I just honestly started to get really weird symptoms within my body. Um, I would just repeatedly like just be falling and my leg would kind of give out on me and I would lose my balance and fall to the floor. Wow. So the first wow. two times that, um, you know, I fell, I was just brushing it off, thinking no big deal. Like maybe I just need to exercise. It will all go away. But it was one time in particular that it was like a really bad fall when I had at the supermarket and I was with my mom and sister and I was just walking in my leg again, buckled and it gave out on me. And it's like when I fell, it's not like I could get myself back up. It was kind of like a dead weight where my body just fell completely to the ground and I couldn't just get up. I needed like my mom and sister couldn't even get me up. I needed like two strangers that were in the parking lot at that time to help me up because that's how of a heavy dead weight I was. So once they picked me up, then my mom was like, you know, something's not right. Maybe let's go see an orthopedic because we're thinking maybe it's something in the feet. So then we go see an orthopedic out here in Boston at Tufts Medical Hospital. And then I always remember I'm in the examine room. Two guys come in to examine me. They kind of asked me to raise my right leg, raise my left leg, and the legs would not, like, would not move. Like, the right leg was pretty much just still. 
left leg, um, maybe just went up like a little bit. And they just kind of both looked at each other like, um, I think you need to see a neurologist because this looks like something more neuromuscular. So I'm like, okay, still not thinking anything of it. Still like la-di-da. So I go see a neurologist. And then, um, you know, we, we just went straight to it. We did all several testings, EMG, MRI, EKG. The most interesting one was the muscle biopsy where they took a piece of muscle from out of my right leg to test it. So for that, I was not even put to sleep. All they did was numb pretty much around my leg. So I was seeing as everything got done when the muscle was taken out, I'm pretty much walking every, watching everything. So it was pretty much interesting. Wow. Yeah, it was. And so then from that muscle biopsy, that's when, um, you know, the doctors determined, she called me, I always remember that phone call. And she's like, Keisha, you have muscular dystrophy. And that changed my life. Before you say about, talk about how it changed your life, for those who are probably listening or watching and wondering what is muscular dis- dystrophy or what, what, what is it? Because I know you're sitting so people don't know. Right. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. So as of right now, I am sitting in my wheelchair. I've been in my wheelchair for, for probably about over a year now. So when I was first diagnosed, I was more like, you know, able-bodied. I'm able to, you know, walk without no mobility aids. I was driving. I'm still able to be more independently. But with the muscular dystrophy, it's like with muscles, they do deteriorate in your body mm-hmm. over time and it does progress. And this was something the doctors did tell me from the beginning, like, you know, your disease, muscular dystrophy, it will progress over time. You know, like you will eventually probably be in a wheelchair and, you know, and eventually it did. It definitely took some time. So, yeah, so that's why I'm in a wheelchair now. But yeah, it's a part of muscles. There's different forms like Duchenne, um, spinal much muscular atrophy. Mm-hmm. But my type is called limb girdle muscular dystrophy. So my type pretty much affects pretty much the whole bodies where it may be um, difficult for me to raise my right arm up. For instance, I'm getting dressed as difficult for me to um, pull out my hand to maybe give you a handshake might be a little difficult. And putting my arms out to give you a hug is a little difficult as well because of the weakness in the limbs and arms. Wow. I'm, I'm not even going to try and repeat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even gonna try and repeat <laughs> those words. <laughs> Where am I gonna start, Likra? What did you call it again? <laughs> yes, I know it's a lot, and I feel like I tell people I'm still learning about this each and every day. I tell people it's like I'm living with it. I've learned to accept it now, but you know it definitely took some time. So I feel like each day as I wake up too, like my body changes. I don't know what my body's going to do. You know, I need to rely on my personal care attendants to get me in and out the bed every day, helping me get dressed. Whereas I used to be able to do that without a problem before. So that's totally, you know, been challenging for me for, you know, for quite some time now. I can imagine. And what did they say costed or, you know, could have? That's the thing. There's really no like cost for it. They do say it's like in the family, like hereditary, but nobody in my family seems to have it. But they did say, like, someone in your family could possibly be a carrier, but then you're the one who happened to get it. Like, my mom, sister, or dad could be a carrier, but then I just happened to be the one stuck with it. So far, we haven't gotten any. I would like my family to get tested to see if, like, my sister or mom could possibly be a carrier. Because, you know, it would be kind of interesting. But either way, even if I find out they're a carrier, it's not really going to do anything. Because with the muscular dystrophy, there is no treatment or cure the only treatment really is going to physical therapy and that's what i try to do of course before the pandemic i was going to aquatic therapy which is going to pool therapy which is awesome because in the pool i feel like i have control i'm like a mermaid in there and i'm having a great time 
But of course, due to the pandemic, that's when the pools and, you know, the facility has shut down at the moment. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, I mean, it, you really begin to see the impact of the pandemic because it is like, it extends to all. Yeah. Time, you know? and, and, and tell me, because I can't, I can't, I mean, I can I can't imagine. Let me not say I can't imagine. I because I can't imagine. I have I ha, I don't wear that sh- those shoes. But mm-hmm. how did you bring yourself to accept this change and move past the fact that you now have to be in a wheelchair? How did you How did you do it? It was a lot. It was definitely a lot. I was in denial forever when that doctor called me that day and says, "Keisha, you have muscular dystrophy." I said. Who was she talking to? She's clearly called the wrong person. She didn't call me. I don't have muscular dystrophy. So of course I start researching, doing all these things online. There's no treatment, no cure. So it's like, of course I just shut down. I'm not telling any family and friends. When friends call me to hang out, I make up any excuse in the book because I'm like, I don't want to go out. I don't want to have to explain or tell people what's going on in my body. Cause I felt like my body betrayed me. I felt like what is happening? Like this can't be right. Every time I went back to the doctors for a follow-up, I thought the doctor was going to say, oh, Keisha, we've got the wrong test results. You know, we don't have muscular dystrophy. You have something totally else or you don't have anything at all. But no, oh, we made a mistake. But that wasn't the case. So, of course, it definitely took time. And then as time progressed, I started to maybe um, start using a cane. And even when I went on job interviews, because I worked in the retail field, of course, for fashion, I would tell them because they would see me walking with a cane. I would say I sprayed my ankle or I was in a car accident. So I said everything but muscular dystrophy because if I, I felt like if I said muscular dystrophy out loud, that made it real for me. So it was like kind of whatever came to my head at that moment. Oh, I sprained my ankle. I was in a car accident. So I was in denial for quite some time. So it definitely took some time getting used to. But it was one day I started to, my friend was like, why don't you start writing a blog and start sharing your story? And I thought, oh, why? You know, because I'm like still in my head. I don't have muscular dystrophy. Why am I going to write a blog? So then I was like, all right, I'll listen. So then I just opened up my laptop and I started writing out my symptoms, just like how pretty much I'm telling you right now and everything about the falling and going to the doctors, different testing. And it took that moment as I started typing and saying it out loud was I'm like, I have muscular dystrophy. That's crazy. It's like, never mind what the doctors were saying. It took for me to, you know, actually type it and say it out like, I have muscular dystrophy. That's crazy. So then once I posted that on like social media on Facebook and I got so much great feedback and these are like friends that I spoke to on a regular basis and they're like, Keisha, I never even knew that what was going on. Cause like a lot of people don't know people with disabilities. Some of them are invisible. Some of them you can tell they have a disability. Some of them you cannot. So you never know what somebody's dealing with. Cause like I was just pretty much normal. I wasn't walking with a cane, anything still driving. So looking at me, you wouldn't be like, Oh yeah, she has something wrong. You know, so you wouldn't be able to tell, but it definitely took some time getting used to. So once I wrote that blog, that kind of opened up the door a little bit, like maybe a little crack, but not 100%. And so I just, you know, was still in denial, but it just definitely took some time getting used to because I always had a passion for fashion because I got my undergraduate degree in fashion design and merchandising from Framingham State University. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Hmm. Wow, this is deep because, I, I, like I said, I'm not going to say I can imagine, but I can only imagine that that must really have been a tough process for yeah. you 
and and how would you say it we're going to come to your passion right now and and how you were able to <laughs> into pop, um that pain into purpose but you know how how would you say it has the whole process that it has um in will i say um impacted on your life or relationships and and things like that because you know, I know a lot of people, when things happen, they begin to think, oh, dear, these are the things I want in life, but it's not coming my way. And I, I don't know what your status is now, for example, but like, what were your, what sort of thoughts did you go through and, and how has it impacted on your life? Sure. It was still like definitely a shock. I'm just like, where did this come from? Like I mentioned, nobody in my family seems to have it. I'm like, the doctors have this wrong. What is muscular dystrophy? You know, like, what is this? Like, I never heard of this before in my life. So I'm like, how do I have it? So it was like all these different things just going through back and forth in my head. And I'm just pretty much shut down because it's like I was not accepting or realizing, like, yes, this is what I have. Although every time I went to the doctors, you know, she's like, you know, you have muscular dystrophy. Like, you know, if you can start maybe going to physical therapy. And I'm like, all right, you know, but still I'm like, I think maybe she has the wrong test or something. So I would say, like, I tell people, I feel like I just came out of denial, like, the other day. That's what it feels like to me. So, and I'm just taking it day by day. And, like, I tell people, I don't have control over this muscular dystrophy. This has control over me. So I just have to wake up every day and see what it wants to do. Wow, wow. And for a lot of, like, young people, um, or how do I put it now? Women, we love ourselves. Exactly, Yes. We want to see ourselves as this super people and and we feel like, oh dear, for example, like people of the opposite sex will judge us by how we look, you know? For me, I have got a scar on my face and I got that when a ceiling fan cut through my face. Oh my goodness. Yes. Ouch. And that happened when I was 13 or so. Oh, and I wow. remember that. When, when it happened initially, now it's a lot, it's gone, it's better, it's, you know, it's sort of blended in with my skin. But for me as yeah. a person, you know, first of all, I was, I went through a period where, you know, people laughed at me, I was, I was called names for red or, you know, people, people, I had mixed opinions around it, but I know that I felt, well, I say ugly because this thing had been on my face. And I said, I remember saying to my father at some point, oh, dad, um, when I grow up, I want to do plastic surgery to, <laughs> to cover Aww. that, you know? Yeah. I'm thankful for the journey and I don't care. It's part of my story, right? Yeah. It's part of my story. And, and I know that I'm beautiful, even if people don't, even whatever. Yeah. <laughs> right. but that was a journey for me. And to accept it because in general, women, we're very conscious. We're very conscious and we care in quotes, what, how we are seen or, you know, for even from a relationship point of view, how have you dealt with it? I'm sure it's definitely been hard. Um, you know, like what I say, the people with disability stigmas, you know, they think because if someone has a disability, we don't date, we don't go out, we have fun. And yes, we still do all those things. And everybody does deal with things differently. Mm-hmm. Yes, for me, when I was first diagnosed, I didn't want to hang out with nobody. I wasn't thinking about dating or this and that. I'm trying to figure out what's going on in my body. This is not like something I was born with. With some people, this is all they know. I had a whole life before this. Like I like to say, sometimes I'm like, I'm grieving the person I once was. So it's like, you know, I was able to walk up five flights of stairs, able to do whatever. I was playing softball when I was younger. So it's like, who would have thought? It's like, you never know what's going on in your body. But on the positive side, 
I mean, you know, as time went on, I'm still dating, still on the dating websites. I'm not dating anybody now. Still, in, still going out to bars and stuff with friends, vacationing. It just takes an extra step for me because now when I'm going out to, say, the bars or traveling, I have to make so sure that my room is, like, wheelchair accessible, meaning, like, I have to have the grab bars in the bathroom. I have to make sure it's a raised toilet seat. I have to make sure it's a roll-in shower so that way I can walk right in because if it's, like, a... Uh, you know, a tub or something I have to step over, I can't do that. That's impossible. I would possibly try and I can fall all over and then that's not going to be fun. And I'm going to be totally in full of pain and aches. So it's just like special steps I have to do of just like, you know, calling ahead like, oh, can I get a wheelchair accessible room? And it's just something that has come the norm to me. So I've gotten used to it. And then I love from just my friends and family Seeing what I have to do, they kind of take it upon themselves now to call in advance. So it's like, I don't even have to do that. So I appreciate, you know, them for that. Like, oh, Keisha, I already called the restaurant. You know, I told them, like, you know, you're in a wheelchair and they have an elevator. You're all set. So I'm like, you know, I appreciate that because, you know, that's just something I'm used to doing. So I appreciate that they take the effort to do that themselves. So it's just more extra things. And if a place has stairs, because, you know, believe it or not, yes, I'm in America, in Massachusetts, but there are some places that are not wheelchair accessible out here where they may have stairs and things like that. And I'm like, well, then I can't do that because there's no way I can't walk up the stairs. It's like pretty much impossible now. Even on the holidays when we go to my sister's house for family functions or my aunts, thank goodness for my guy cousins because they lift me up the stairs. Oh, wow. Yeah, if it wasn't for them, like I would not like pretty much be able to attend. Like they come and lift my butt up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. And would you say like you've got a good support system? Yes, I do. I have a great support sy- system. I'm very grateful for my family and friends. And like I tell people all the time, I am so grateful for them. You know, at the end of the day, they support me. But at the end of the day, they don't get it. You know, like I tell people, there's nothing like talking to somebody who understands and really gets what I'm going through on a regular basis. And that's someone with muscular dystrophy, someone that probably has lupus, someone with some kind of chronic illness, because that disability community, we get it. We know what it's like to have like our bodies fatigue and going to doctor's appointments, don't know what the body's going to do this day or that day. So when I've connected with people in the disability community on social media, it made me, you know, feel like just somebody again. It made me feel like I wasn't alone. And that also helped me kind of come out of the denial phase because I'm like, wow, it's not just me. You know, I have so many other people out there I connect with, people I've been meeting that have multiple cirrhosis. And I'm just like, you know, wow. So it's like they get it. Wow. So that that's so powerful. And the power of community, because a lot of times I think what makes things harder is feeling like you are alone. You're the only one that's going through it and mm-hmm. no else is nobody understands your pain and the truth is a lot of people don't understand your pain because they've not walked the walk they've not they're not in the shoes but when you are in the shoes it can feel very lonely until you now see somebody else mm-hmm. you know saying it's true it's not just you I've, I've, I've got this as well and this is how i'm you know and then you suddenly form a new support now with understanding i think that's so 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 powerful yes and, and, and Keisha, you went on to start your Girls Chronically Clothing. For you, that was turning pain into purpose. And for a lot of people, that is often the hardest bit. How did you decide on Girls Chronically um, Clothing, sorry, Girls Chronically Rock, your clothing line? Yeah. And 
what is it about? Tell, tell, tell me more. Tell us more. Sure. So um, as I mentioned, I went to undergraduate school for fashion design and merchandising. So I always knew I wanted to be like a fashion designer and just kind of own my own brand and be my own boss. So of course, coming out of denial, you know, I was, I thought I'm a true believer in things happen for a reason. You know, let me start putting my dreams to use. You know, let me create something that I can help inspire and motivate others in the disability community. Cause I love wearing like different graphics, like inspirational t-shirts that are like just meaningful for me. So I thought how I came up with the name is that I knew I wanted something with the word chronic in it, chronic illnesses, but I didn't know exactly how I wanted to incorporate it. So honestly, lying in bed one night and I thought girls chronically rock. I love the way it sounded. I love the way it flowed. And I just kind of ran with that. The next day I just opened up the Etsy shop, start, started posting my t-shirts of the different quotes. And then as time went on, I was like, you know what, it's time for me to bump it up a bit, you know, get more professional, maybe build my own website and, you know, get like a graphic designer to help me with the actual logos of, you know, get the, the vision that I want. So then that's when Girls Chronically Rock was formed and I found started that in 2017. So, yeah, I love it. And, you know, it's kind of like I look at it as Girls Chronically Rock movement because I'm looking at it. Yes, it's a clothing brand, but, you know, I created it to help inspire and motivate others in the disability community. And I love, I would just love to create just so much more under the umbrella. Like I would love to create an adaptive, accessible clothing line for people with disabilities. Because what some people don't understand is people with disabilities, for us to get dressed on a regular basis, it takes some time. You know, just putting on our shirt at a time, putting on one leg at a time, it's a lot. You know, I could possibly fall over, lose my balance. And that's with getting the help from a personal care attendant. So accessible clothing will be like more functional, like say magnetic snaps on the back of the shirt. So that way I can just put my arms right in, um, magnetic um, zippers or snaps on the pants. So it's easy for the person like, you know, ourselves to button. And it just gives us more of that independence of getting dressed on our own for not even needing maybe a personal care attendant. So that's my ultimate goal is to come up with the Girls Chronically Rock adaptive clothing collection. But ultimately I would love to get Girls Chronically Rock into department stores such as Macy's, Target, TJ Maxx. So I'm just like trying to pitch out to those stores and love to see it down in some fashion weeks and things like that. And to build Girls Chronically Rock into an empire. That's my yes. goal. Yeah. We're going, we're going, we're going, we're going. Yes. <laughs> wow. And, and you've been on, you know, ABC Chronicle, you've been on um, Good Morning America and, and the likes. And I mean, like, what do you... For those who do not have a, a disability, and I think that's a thing that a lot of, we, when there's times where people think that, oh, the, the disability is only physical, right? There are also mental disabilities, right? Yeah. And in, in almost all cases, many people don't understand if they are not, you know, if they themselves don't have something or if someone they know or close to them is not experiencing any of those either physical disability or mental disability or, or you know what 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 do you say to other people to help them understand what it means to have a disability what what do you say to us or those that don't have any disabilities so that they get to understand it or understand what it is that you know the community is going through yeah so definitely having a disability definitely is its challenges another thing people like i mentioned earlier think that you know we oh we don't have no life we're just at home and we're just sitting down and we're being lazy and it's like there's so many types of muscle dystrophy it can affect some some people can't even get out of bed some days you know what i mean and then there's some people that like you mentioned some people have a disability but just looking at them you will not know that and i had that experience as i mentioned from even when i used to drive and park at handicapped spots i used to get stared at from older people, younger people, like, why are you parking there? You're not old. 
And it's like, you never know someone's story. So that's what I realized as my journey went on. You never know someone's story. You don't know why this person may be parked at this handicapped spot. You don't know why this person may look young, but yes, they're in a wheelchair. Yes, they're walking with a walker. Obviously, it's for a reason. You never know. So don't just take it upon yourself. Like, oh, wow, why? What's wrong with you? Like, you look so young to be in a wheelchair walking with a cane. It's like, like as if we don't know that. Like, you know, sometimes I get like, as if I woke up one day and said, you know what? Let me get that uncurable disease. Let me get that muscular dystrophy. Let me get that. Thanks. It's like, no, we don't ask for this. This came out of nowhere. But yes, we have disabilities. That's what makes us, I feel, in my opinion, unique and different. But yes, we're still just like everybody else. Yes, we just may need special accommodations. But again, that's something that's out of our control. We need that. If we want to go, like, say, to a restaurant, go traveling, we just need, like, a, a wheelchair accessible room. So, yes, we're just still like everybody else. We like to go out, have fun. We date. People in wheelchairs, yes, they are married with kids, you know? So it's like, yes, that just makes us different. But, you know, just don't say ignorant things for someone like you see with a cane or in a wheelchair. It's like, you never know what somebody's dealing with. Yeah. Well, and that's so, that's so powerful there. And I hear you talking about people being sensitive. Sensitive. That's what it comes down to. The fact that you don't understand doesn't mean that someone else is not in pain. Right. And you don't go running your mouth just any, any way right. without, you know, thinking about how the words can impact on the other person. It's, 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 it's so true. So, yeah. so, so true. There are many people who are going through different pains. I know we've talked about, you know, the case of physical disability. And we've also mentioned that there is um people going through mental disability as well um there are people but besides those there are people who are going through pain for different reasons mm -hmm. what advice do you give them to turn their pain into purpose because a lot of times we're stuck in the pain what advice do you give to such people to help them move forward and find purpose through that pain um, I would definitely say, you know, everybody deals with things differently. I would definitely say like, you know, it's more easier said than done. I know I've been there. And I would definitely say what helped me is definitely connecting with others that possibly maybe understand on um, what you're going through. Because I think that definitely helps talking to somebody, as I always say, who gets it, they get it. It's like, there's nobody better to talk to than that. Yes, you get the support from others. And uh, that's, that's great. That's awesome. You know what I mean? But there's nothing like talking to somebody that may understand what you're going through. So, and I mean, thank goodness I say for social media today, because I would definitely recommend like there's so many different support groups for everything. Support groups for muscular dystrophy, lupus or, or pain. They have um, support groups for people that just probably came out of a divorce and things like that. So there's so many. So you'll be surprised of just researching some groups on Facebook, you can probably reach a whole different amount of people just right there in itself. Another trick too I also found is hashtagging. When I first started hashtagging like disability awareness, hashtagging chronic illness, hashtag muscular dystrophy, all of that, I've met so many people just by hashtagging and putting that in my social media. So I would definitely say reaching out to social media and you know, and you never know. Sometimes you might write a message because I know at first I'm like, is this person going to respond? What are they going to think? And I, you know, so far, like everyone has just been very nice and kind because just having that connection and knowing what they're dealing with and vice versa, it's like they get it. So I would definitely say, you know, once you're ready and want to open up and definitely go to that support group that understands and knows what you're going through because that helps. 
another of course fun thing about me that I love to do, I feel like it makes me insane, makes me sane, is I love watching reality TV. Entertaining. <laughs> <So that's laughs> I tell people whenever I like I have a, a sad day or if I have a fall, like me knowing like I have some kind of entertainment show that I'm watching, it's like I look forward to that. Whether it be Netflix, I watch show on VH1, Stars, like you name it. I watch all the foolishness and everything. <laughs> What's the best one? What's the best one? Um, I watch Jersey Shore. Oh. And I, of course, I, watch, like, I, I, I don't watch much of it, much reality TV. So I'm even I'm totally lost. <laughs> yeah, and then what about House? I watch Housewives of Atlanta. I love them. So yeah, I like that one. <laughs> yeah, so I love when them. I catch it. When I yeah. when I catch it. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Okay, yep. So I I watch all of them too. I'm just like focused on my shows. <laughs> nice, nice. So so m m pretty much like find something to keep you happy. Yes, I would definitely suggest that. Wow, Brandy, like I have so enjoyed um, speaking with you. Like this is, this is really informative even for me. And I know like for many people who um, as well, who need to, who need to hear this. If people want to like connect with you or even like contribute or, you know, collaborate, you know, and or, or learn more about the com about your community. Like, how can people get in touch with you? Um, sure, definitely. You can reach out to me on girlschroniclyrock.com. I am also on Instagram, girlschroniclyrock. Same as Facebook, girlschroniclyrock, and then under myself, Keisha Graves. So you can um definitely yeah reach out, send me an email. I definitely respond. Um, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, and then of course check out my merchandise on girlschroniclyrock. And I recently added some new stuff. Black Lives Matter. And another one I added was Black Disabled Lives Matter because that's very important too. So definitely please feel free. Check out my merchandise. I have kids. I have men's t-shirts. And yeah, check it out. And guys, like all the links will be in the description there. Ooh. You just hit on something because we're in an era where we are saying Black Lives do matter. And just as you said, Black dis dis How do you put it again? Disabled, Black Disabled Lives Matter. Black Disabled Lives Matter. Yeah. What do you want to say to people about that? Um, I would like to just say, you know, here I am as African-American woman and have a disability. So imagine like for people with just disabilities alone have a challenge. People that were Black, we have a challenge. I mean, look at the world now when we don't know what the cops are going to do, if we're going to be accepted. Who knows? It's kind of just scary opening the door. So here I am, have two things on my shoulder. I'm being black and disabled. So I thought, you know, this is my way and this is how I actually express myself through my clothing line. So that's when I thought black disabled lives matter. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely wanted to just put, point that out there. Yes, I'm a black African woman and I'm disabled in a wheelchair and my life does matter as well. Here where I am have to deal with this pandemic, with this corona, I don't know what's going to happen with that. So it's like, you know, I'm just like taking it day by day. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Black lives matter. Yes. Black disabled lives matter too. Yes. Really, really powerful. And, 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 and Keisha, like many people's lives have been rocked. Like it's been, it's like their world has been turned suddenly upside down because of COVID-19. Now, I know you already had an instance where your life was turned upside down when you were, um, when you were diagnosed and had that sudden change. For a lot of people, the pandemic has changed, has changed their life or is changing their life suddenly. 
as we begin to bounce back, as we begin to navigate the new change and whatever this new normal could be, <laughs> should be, maybe, <laughs> who knows? What is your one advice you will give to everyone who is struggling with a sudden change about how they can best move forward and find themselves again and find purpose? I would definitely say I feel like what has helped me is trying to create a new different ideas for like my business. Because, you know, of course, the business went slow um, before when the pandemic started, starting like ending in February up until like probably just early this month. So, you know, that was tough. And so, as we all know, it seems like masks are going to be the new fashion trend and they're going to be something new that we have to wear. So I thought, why not create Girls Chronically Rock Masks? So what I did is I, from my inventory that I have here of t-shirts, I thought, why not create some masks out of those t-shirts? So that's another thing I, um, you know, created and added onto my Girls Chronically Rock line. So I would think just like try to, if you have a business, maybe create other maybe unique different ideas of things maybe you didn't think of before that what can help you know, during this time now, during this pandemic, and maybe do like video, maybe start your YouTube channel that you always wanted to start, maybe start your podcast that you always wanted to start and just talk about maybe your feelings and the rawness of what's going on now with the pandemic and then also with the whole Black Lives Matter situation and the protesting and all of that, you know, just like, you know, use your voice because people I notice love to hear that and hear your personal story. So just try to maybe think of something you always wanted to do, but couldn't then, but now maybe is the time. Uh, somehow the COVID has given us an opportunity to do the things that we, you know, <laughs> have been saying we'll do but never did, and 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 more so to find like innovative ways around around things. Exactly, Kisha. Thank you so much. Like you have been such a fantastic guest, and so much, so much, so much value, guys. You know, oh, like thank I said, you. Yes, yes. Thank you so much, guys. Like, you know, we've come to the end of another episode again, and it's been so amazing, you know, having Keisha on. Again, all her links are, you know, in description. So please feel free to reach out and connect with her. Um, and like I said, guys, if you're not already subscribed to my YouTube channel, if you're not already subscribed to the podcast, like, come on, you gotta hit that button right now. Like, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. <laughs> and if you're not already, um, following me on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, please do connect. I look forward to connecting. And even if it is just like a line to even say to me, like, I think you should talk on this topic. I would love to hear that as well. It has been awesome. It has been awesome. Thank you again, Keisha. Thank guys. you for having me. Yes, yes, indeed, indeed. And um, yeah, so guys, until next time, on the next episode, take care, stay well, and God bless.